0: Recorded during the plague year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute, a show where Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we go over one minute of Robert Wise's all-too-timely 1971 techno thriller, The Andromeda Strain. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of tvdads.com.
1: And I'm your substitute host for the third time this week, the wonderful, the one, the only captain, also known as Nancy O'Kane. Yay! Yay! Finishing Eight. up the
0: week mightily. You're doing a great job, and I know this. This is a movie you don't you don't hate, you don't like. You're just it's in the middle. It's one of those.
1: It it annoys me.
0: Yeah. Well, we were watching. You know, I, one of the things I was thinking about, and I, I know we haven't talked about this, but uh, one of the things we rewatched last night was the 1966 movie uh, Fantastic Voyage, which was mm-hmm. another movie about uh, three guys and a girl scientists. And a girl scientist. Girl oh, scientist. My yeah. And uh, not Dr. Levitt, but uh, Cora Peterson played by the lovely and brilliant uh, Raquel Welch.
1: And I was surprised to find out that was her first movie. I just kind of thought she'd always been around, but she that was good for a first time.
0: Yeah, I thought she I thought she came across really good and they all had to wear weird white suits and um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and they were all playing you know kind of weird characters in a weird situation, but she did a good job of it.
0: She did okay, although you know, I, I really was sorry that she was the least. Ept of the characters I mean she didn't seem to have the background for for all of it Stephen Boy was the uh was the spy and then Dr. Mon- or not the sp- he was the, he was the James Bond guy and then all the other ones were doctors of some kind or another and and Cora Peterson was like the nurse assistant to uh uh-huh. Arthur Kennedy
1: um, and and I think every one of the characters in that movie Kind of went over the top with everything that they were doing—the the plot and their reactions—and and in this movie, in Andromeda Strain, it's almost the opposite. They're yeah. they're so low key about everything. Yeah, and like, like in tonight's minute, we finally get to see Dr. Levitt smile instead of making her frowny face. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, and,
0: and that's and, and, a big and moment for her. <laughs> and it's about something that she's excited in, which is science. And it's yes. not—I mean, I do. You know, we can't have a Bechtel test in here because there are no <laughs> there, there are no, no women, women talking to each other. But she's she's talking about it as one of the other people. Like, won't this be? This is the thing that she's most excited about. It's science, mm-hmm. and it's boy, this is really gonna change everything. And this is the kind of puzzle that she likes. And uh, you feel, you really like. She's the one that you root for in this in this minute. You're like, yeah, that's that's right. This is this is a real game changer. Mm-hmm. And, and she's just excited no matter you know all the drama that's going on the thing that she's most excited about is that they're going to learn something new
1: and, yeah they're, uh, they're actually acting like scientists
0: yeah yeah and and she's not she's not being a girl she's being a scientist she's being mm-hmm. somebody beyond you know the outside appearances of stuff um I just she's she every time she's on she's my favorite character. If in this if the scene includes Doctor Levitt, she's my favorite character. Yeah. Um. Well, but we've got we've got her going with that, and uh, let's just go. This is minute ninety six that we're talking about, and it -hmm. it starts with uh, talking about that it's gonna it's gonna be a long hard road trying to figure out how Andromeda works without um, amino acids, as we're talking about last minute.
1: And at this point, they're thinking, well, they've got time for this long hard road you know they can just stay there as long as they want and do their work and discover things yeah it's, they have no idea what's going on
0: yeah there and yeah it, it, especially stone stone is wrong every time he opens his mouth <laughs> just, he just he makes so many assumptions and for a scientist he is the least skeptical person in this entire movie <laughs> he just believes in himself he believes that everything he says uh is like you know it's been handed to him on tablets coming down from the mountain or something. And like, here's here's what we're gonna do, and here's how we're gonna solve the problem. And and gosh, we've got all the well, time in the world.
1: He's the Doctor Gillespie of this. We've been watching Doctor Kildare movies lately, so yeah. he's he's the cranky old man who's convinced that his way is the best way, and none of this newfangled people getting in his way.
0: Yeah, and he is. I mean, he's the project leader, so he's the one that gets to you know, be the quarterback here. He, the mm-hmm. if, if you remember, Doctor Kirk uh, had appendicitis, so he oh, that's right. He isn't poor on the Dr. team. Kirk. Yeah, poor Doctor Kirk. He's missing all the all the uh, nuclear drama. Yeah. So Stone tells uh, Levitt that uh, uh, she's going to uh, she's going to take over the growth work in uh, microbiology, which will play a major part in the next couple of minutes. Um, but she's gonna do that, and he's—he's he's like, "Well, we're halfway home. All we have to do is figure out how to how to make it stop growing, and then that'll, sure, that's all—that's all we need to do." Mm-hmm. And he doesn't—you know—he doesn't know about Piedmont. He doesn't know about the bomb. He doesn't know—he doesn't even know about the the pilot that uh, you know suffocated in the in the plane crash and all that jazz. So he's really really working with yes, with
1: the, the rubber eating microbes or whatever they were.
0: Yeah, he's he's mistaken at the top of his lungs, so. <laughs> Uh and, and meanwhile Hall's got a whole different thing going on. He's saying that he's got to get back to his patients and figure out why the old what the old man and the baby have in common. There's something there's something about both of them but he can't figure out what it is.
1: Yes, and he's got five minutes and Stone holds up his hand <laughs> backward to point out five minutes. What yeah. the heck is well, up it's with a, that?
0: It's a stone's eye view. It's like if Dr. St- Doctor Stone is showing him the, give me the back of your hand or something, like that. but he's he's looking at, well, this is how I see the number five. It's pointed at my face. Um, but that's, uh, yeah, it's very awkward. And I was wondering, did did Robert Wise give him that direction or is that actually how Arthur Hill represents the number five when he's talking about somebody?
1: Yeah, it just, it looks so odd and unlike any real person would do that.
0: Yeah, that's like, you know, I always found it weird when I was learning uh, American Sign Language how the number three goes. Hmm. And the way most people learn the number three is they grab their grab their pinky with their thumb and hold that's up three exactly fingers. That's exactly
1: what I'm doing right now as we're talking about this. Like yes, a big, holding like up a big, three middle fingers. That's
0: W. That's W in sign language. So you can't use that. So the way that you denote three in sign language is you hold out your thumb, your index finger, and your middle finger. And you hold them up in the air, and that means huh. three. And okay. if, you, if you hold on to your pinky and your thumb, if you're and you're talking about numbers, that can mean the number six. So you go six, and then you bring down your ring finger and touch your ring finger instead of your pinky. That's seven. Bringing down your middle <laughs> finger will give you eight. Bringing down your index finger, like making the OK sign, will mean huh. nine. So it's huh. uh, there's so many different ways of representing numbers. But yeah, I'd, I've never seen the back of a hand as being that's five
1: um, yeah I mean it's it was literally distracting from what was taking place in the movie I'm like okay he said he's got wait what he's why is he doing that why is he holding his hand that way and you,
0: you know, remind you remember the movie Moonstruck
1: <laughs> barely uh,
0: well there's there's the thing where he talks about a wolf without a hand and it was it was Nicolas Cage was uh was distracted by a woman and he was at a uh, he worked at a bakery And he was distracted by a woman and he was so distracted he accidentally stuck his hand in a bread slicing machine and it chopped off his hand. (laughs) Ever since then, uh, somebody, uh, uh, I think it was Cher, who says, I haven't seen him in five years. And she holds up five fingers and looks at her hand and goes, ah! (laughs) Because it reminded her of Nicolas Cage's lost hand. A wolf without a hand. Um, Anyway, that's another another good movie I haven't watched in a long time. I don't know if it holds up, but it was...
1: I don't think it would, but we can watch it some night if you want to.
0: It's funny once. I think it's funny once after the, Mm. I don't know if it would hold up right now, but it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting movie. Nicolas Cage trying to play a romantic role was very odd.
1: Oh, Um, anything Nicolas Cage is in turns out to be odd.
0: He's very, yeah, but I know you like him in uh, National Treasure.
1: I, I just like his movies because they're so much fun and you never know what to expect. And the problem is people try and take him seriously. No matter what he's in, you can't take him seriously. Yeah. It's just well, going to yeah, be a fun movie. If you
0: have low expectations, it's a very good movie. And- That's
1: why I like a lot of the movies I do because I go in expecting absolutely nothing.
0: <laughs> and I, that's I, that's
1: how I head into every Marvel Universe movie. I know. I say, well, this is going to be another one of those things where people run around and throw things at each other and things explode. But no, and, Nicolas
0: Cage, yeah,
1: <laughs> and no, Nicholas Cage, yeah. Oh, now there you go. Nicholas yeah. Cage is part of the Marvel Universe. Well, he would have been no. an
0: okay. He would have been an okay Ant Man. I don't know. I hmm. thought, he, yeah, well. I Anyway, they didn't. Yeah,
1: if it. if if he had to be somebody, Ant Man would be the choice, I guess. Yeah,
0: I know the movie that you don't like, Nicolas Cage in. But I because you don't like the movie, but I enjoyed Raising Arizona. I thought that was oh, the epitome that's of true. Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that to me was. But that's
1: also Coen Brothers, right? Yes. So my dislike of Coen Brothers uh, trumps my like of Nicolas Cage. Oh, uh,
0: disastrous! I could see Nicholas Cage playing uh, the uh, Doctor Hall role, in here, the James Olsen role. Hmm. That would be interesting if he were the. If you were the guy running around. Doc, he ain't going to leave us here. Yeah, I can see that. That would work. Okay, that would be my casting choice. Maybe put Nicolas Cage in the James Olsen role. Hmm. hmm. Uh, wow. Well, anyway, so he's <laughs> telling him five. Don't forget, you've got five minutes, so mm-hmm. you don't want to, don't let the place blow up because now that we're so close to figuring things out is what. Uh, yes,
1: because they're afraid that we, the audience, might have forgotten about that important five-minute feature that they introduced earlier. So. Yeah, yeah
0: wouldn't you think if this were the point that they were getting to, and I know they're shorthanded with not having Dr. Kirk, but Mm -hmm. certainly there must be other medical people at the wildfire site that could just take care of them. And all Dr. Hall should really do right at the moment is get a folding chair and go sit out in the hallway next to the uh, nuclear destruct switch so that he's never too far away to to turn it on. I
1: don't know if he'd put up with that, though. I mean, the way he's so protective of his patients and he has to get back to them and he's working on solving their mystery i i don't think he'd trust anybody else to do an adequate job that's true i think he wants to be the one to discover what the secret is with the baby and the old man one thing
0: I mean, it was kind of implied but one thing they never mentioned was whether he was the only one key like you know did it have some kind of biometric features on the key that he's the only one that could turn the key couldn't he oh, just I don't know. could he just get like that that fellow Could you just that,
1: hand it off to somebody yeah yeah
0: yeah give it to the guy up in the teletype room who has access to you know the whole place and just say here anytime anytime there's a problem I'll just call you and you I'll, you just plug it right in and turn it off yeah, okay? I mean, you do that.
1: i I don't know what the state of biometric identification was in those days that would the key know who was holding it
0: yeah i I, I don't know I mean they didn't they didn't huh. really that that's kind of a newer thing I would think
1: yeah hmm or you know, somebody would have to. Speaking of cut off hands, somebody would have to cut off his hand and use his hand to hold the, to turn the key. Or, yeah, hmm. yeah,
0: like Dem- demolition man with the eyeball. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, great. I, I was thinking there's there must be some James Bond movies that use that too. Yeah, yeah,
0: some some kind of thing, but it's just ugh. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, this is just yeah. It it I know they I know they're trying to signal it so that you know get ready we're getting closer to that part where we're going to have these issues come up so here's the Mm -hmm. you know here's the thing we need to underline and throw a big blinding spotlight on.
1: yes attention audience if any of you have gone up to get popcorn when they come back please remind them about the five minute rule
0: (laughs) (sighs) wow and we're back we finished the minute in uh, back there at big head pass utah
1: yeah just when it starts to get interesting it was the end of my minute
0: (laughs) yeah oh well well, there'll, there'll be others, and we actually have a we have a returning guest next week who you know, so we will uh, we'll be able to chat with it. I'll I'll bring it up when uh, when we chat some more. But uh, yeah, generally, this is not a this is not a really great minute, but it's not a bad minute. It, it's moved. No, at it, least
1: at least something is happening, and something else is implied to be about to happen. So yeah,
0: yeah, and I, I I do enjoy. I think this this might be one of the core pieces of the. This is why you went to see the movie because it was talking about possibilities. That, you know, what, what, is, what would it be like if you had all these research scientists who wonder about extraterrestrial life and things? What if they actually, you know, had it handed to them on a platter or on a satellite? And what would they do with that knowledge? Well, how would how would they approach it? Um, yeah. for, for one thing, I don't think they'd limit it to five people in a room.
1: No, uh, I mean, and at this point, you know, people, watching the movie in the theaters who have never heard of it or seen it, didn't read the book, they're probably going to see that crashed jet and they're thinking maybe little green men are going to come crawling out from behind the hills. or yeah. it, it could it could go anywhere at this point if you don't already know the story.
0: Yeah, like these could be the babies and the parents could be somewhere waiting, you know, mm-hmm. trying, trying to catch up with them or something. Um,
1: Wait, that was a Star Trek episode.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> time to come home now and all that you know this it's just it's it there's so many different possibilities i think this is this is the heart of the movie that makes it enjoyable that you're like uh-huh. yeah i wonder this is a mystery this is peculiar this is there's there's you don't know which way this movie's going to go and we've we've been in a lot of movies where like you know like the day of the Earth sits the other robert wise movies where um <laughs> aliens are coming to earth but we've never seen them this tiny before um hmm. and yeah it's just it's it's pleasant. I, I mean, this, this was such a refreshing feel to the movie, even though it's made by an old-timey director. Uh, he did poke into some interesting concepts that haven't been touched on before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so generally, I mean, looking back over, over this film, you generally liked it, I would think.
1: I think it was a really good story, badly told. It could have been more exciting. There could have been a little more drama, a little more action. Things could have been speeded up a little. But yeah, I like the whole idea of this mysterious thing. Nobody knows what's killing people. Then they try and determine what it is by looking through the microscope, and that only makes it even more complicated. And then... Other things start happening that they hadn't predicted, like it eats rubber. Where did that come from? You know, so yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good parts to this. A lot of things that I do like about it.
0: Yeah, and it picks up the same idea of the War of the Worlds. Like, what's going to kill it? It's going to be something simple, but how do we kill mm-hmm. it? And yeah. you know, it turns out it. it well, we don't want to spoil the ending, but uh, yeah, it's it's not how it, the way that it started isn't the way how it, the way it ends. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of surprising how this worked. Um, but anyway, a very yeah, a very interesting film, and I, I still. 96 episodes in I'm still enjoying the film I, I thought it would be beaten out of me and there's been I mean there's been some boring parts but it's really not, not a bad film um, I think it, I think it holds up over the past 50
1: years okay I, I don't know if it would be on my want to watch again list but I did not object to sitting down and watching it this time around
0: yeah if it were if it were on let's say if it we're on TCM and you were laying down on a on couch watching it uh would you bother to get up and change the channel
1: sweetheart how long have you been married to me what happens when i'm lying down on the couch watching well, yeah. a movie
0: would you would you fall asleep to this or would you f- whether fall asleep to uh HGTV? i don't know where I... where you'd go with this
1: <laughs> no i would leave this on for the 30 to 60 seconds it takes yeah. me to fall asleep you'd
0: watch the opening credits at least so. um wow well, good. Well, anyway, thank you very much for put, putting up with me for yet another week on in front of a microphone. I know that's not your favorite thing to do, but the audience loves hearing from you. I know that.
1: Well, like like this movie itself. It's not my favorite thing to do, but it's not my least favorite thing. So.
0: Good. Well, I'm, I'm glad you were here for for these minutes <laughs> now, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be getting into triple digits uh, next. Oh, gosh, the the la- the last of the double digits are coming up next week. So this movie's. Uh-huh. Coming up to the last half hour, so getting getting closer to the end. Getting um, closer. Yeah. Wow. For anybody who's missed any of the previous ninety six episodes, uh, you can or ninety five episodes, you can find them easily online at the big site uh, AndromedaMinute.com dot or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. We're probably there, so go go check that out. Hit subscribe and and uh, you know what, what would help if you could do us a big favor here is leave a review of this. Uh, uh, this podcast that's always always helpful if you can put as many as many stars as they allow you to that would that always help us get more people to listen to the show that that's the only thing i ever ask so if, if you can do that that would be great uh well we will return next week with a, a bunch of more exciting crash things going on and discussions about uh chemicals and stuff uh, with a very familiar Uh, guests that I'm sure you'll be interested in hearing. So uh, we will return next week. So please do those three things over the weekend that we always talk about. Wear a mask, uh, wash your hands, and try to stay six feet apart from people so we can get through this silly plague and uh, have it done and deep in our past uh, very soon. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we will see you again here next week, next time on the Andromeda Minute.
1: Bye, everybody.